Hello and welcome! I'm Joanna Junak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. EU lawmakers are becoming less aware and less confident on novel nicotine products. This is the latest findings of a survey among members of the European Parliament issued by Tamarind Intelligence. Why is this happening? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Barnaby Page, Editorial Director at Tamarind Intelligence, which publishes Intelligence and Tobacco Intelligence. We are proud to be welcoming Tobacco Intelligence as a media partner for GFN23. Don't forget to register today at gfn.events forward slash registration. Hello, Barnaby. Can you tell us why Tamarind Intelligence ran the survey? Right. Well, to give you a little bit of background on the survey of members of the European Parliament, this was the third time we'd done it. Um, the th so we've been doing it annually for three years now, um, released in early March this year. Um, and this one covered not only e-cigarettes, but also nicotine pouches and heated tobacco. Um, the reason that we looked at members of the European Parliament specifically really is twofold. Um, firstly, there are obviously some major regulatory initiatives coming up at EU level, which would be quite significant for the novel nicotine sector. Um, those include the third incarnation of the Tobacco Products Directive um, and also, of course, a potential directive on tobacco taxation. Um, so there's going to be a direct impact potentially um, on the sectors from what MEPs think and believe about novel nicotine products. Um, equally, though, um, I think that polling MEPs is a way of seeing, if you like, the direction in which the wind is blowing in terms of policy in general. Um, and though we obviously can't directly translate the opinions of European level politicians into individual countries, um, we can perhaps make an informed guess that there is going to be there's going to be some similarities in the way they're thinking and the opinions they hold. Um, so as well as giving us a fairly good insight into the specific views held in in, in Brussels at EU level, um, it also, I think, gives us a more general insight into European politicians opinions in general. And what are the key findings of the survey? Right. Well, it's quite, it's quite a long survey, um, and we've we've done a lot of analysis on it. Um, you know, l l looking at the looking at the different um, levels of knowledge, for example, of MEPs about different nicotine products, um, subdividing things into product categories, as well as looking at their knowledge of the whole sector, looking at their opinions on relative risk, for example their views on the level of regulation that is appropriate and so on and so forth. But to, to break that down into some of the key findings. OK, first of all, um, the good news for the sector is that generally MEPs do not believe that novel nicotine products are as harmful as smoking. Um, only around 20% felt that. Now, some people will still think that 20% is an alarmingly high number, um, but it leaves, it leaves a large majority who accept um, or a large majority of responses um, accepting that novel nicotine products are less risky, you know, that, that reduced risk exists. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's a headline finding and an important one, um, a crucial one, in fact, I'd say for the for the sector and for people in public health advocating for reduced risk. Um, something that we found again this year and have found throughout this survey, which I think is really significant, is that the level of knowledge that MEPs have about these products is very, very much related to their perceptions of riskiness. Um, and although there are, you know, there, there are quite nuanced ways to interpret that data, um, the bottom line is those who know more about the products are more likely to consider them low risk. Um, 
again, that may come as little surprise to people within the sector who are, you know, perhaps aware of the details of the products. Um, and it, it may well be regarded as good news. But it's it's an important thing, I think, to understand um, that, you know, that knowledge is an absolutely crucial factor here in determining politicians' opinions. Um, an interesting development this year, however, is that those who didn't have knowledge seemed more likely than before to acknowledge that and say they don't know, though you know they haven't formed a strong opinion on risk or on regulatory imperatives or whatever. Um, why this is is open to question. Perhaps um, it's possible that um, people are simply aware that the that the whole um, field is becoming even more politicized and controversial. Um, and so they are perhaps a little afraid of just expressing, if you like, a gut feeling or an opinion out of the blue. Um, so there are there are more don't knows than there were before. And I think that's uh, that's both a challenge and an opportunity for the reduced risk sector, to be honest. Um, just looking at a couple of other things um, that came out of came out of the findings. Um, one is and again, this will be this will be good news, I think, for reduced risk advocates. Um, more responses felt that novel nicotine products were an off-ramp away from smoking than an on-ramp into smoking. Um, as you know, that's one of the, you know, that's that's one of the big contentious political issues. I would argue perhaps one of the one of the bigger distractions um from the from the reality in the reduced risk debate. Um but generally generally MEPs or the, the ones who responded to our survey, of course, um seem to acknowledge that people are more likely to give up smoking than initiate smoking through through the use of these products. Um, then looking at individual product categories, I think the last interesting point to make, let's say we covered e-cigarettes, heated tobacco and nicotine pouches. Um, in, a, in a sense, the strongest vote for reduced risk came for nicotine pouches. Um, that was the category where the fewest number considered the products to be as risky as smoking. Though I would stress it was a small number for all three. Um, you know, there's there's no one category where they are overwhelmingly, you know, feeling the risk is anywhere close to smoking. But nicotine pouches were definitely those regarded as least innocuous, sorry, most innocuous, if you like. You mentioned that the Soviet MEPs have differing levels of knowledge regarding nicotine products and their safety. What are some of your concerns about these findings? Well, yeah, I think I think there are potential concerns. I mean, I think one would have to to take a fairly balanced middle ground here. You know, there's good news in the survey. Um, the reduced risk message is re is reaching a lot of MEPs, so that's that's good news for for advocates advocates of that approach. Um, I would say probably the overall picture it paints is one of an area where there is work to be done, rather than a you know rather than a disaster area. Um, so I mean, if you if you look at some of the positives, um, generally MEPs are not in favour of heavier regulation. Um, they, you know, people people support the idea of the sector being regulated, of course, and even, indeed most in the sector support that. Um, but for example, uh, th there are very few arguing that novel nicotine should be more heavily regulated than tobacco than co conventional combustible tobacco. Um, there's a general acceptance that online sales should be allowed with appropriate age verification, for example. So th th there, there are good things to look at here. And as I say, you know, the perceptions of reduced risk are generally positive. Um, however, um, from the from the point of view of the reduced risk community, um, I think it has to be acknowledged that by no means all politicians in Brussels have been convinced. 
Um, it's a fairly small majority who believe that um, novel nicotine products are actually less harmful than combustibles. Um, I think it was about um, 54% of responses in total. Um, so still quite a long way to go there. Um, and also there is this issue, and I think, you know, this is perhaps a double-edged sword. It could be it could be positive. It could also be negative um, of more and more people saying they are unsure, you know, unsure about risks, unsure in general about these products. As I say, you know, um, partly that may be a lack of confidence, perhaps in opinions, perhaps people are, you know, now acknowledging that this is a complicated area, you know, where there are, you know, there, there are many things happening simultaneously. There are kids starting to use disposable vapes at the same time as there are adults using vapes to stop smoking. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily an easy calculus. Um, I think it's possible that it may also, as I say, express some nervousness about, you know, what is now a very, very controversial area. Um, so, yeah, there there are. I, I don't think there are any sort of um, disastrous concerns to take away. But I think um, advocates of reduced risk need to see that there is a need, probably, for continued continued education and continued um, communication with with politicians at this level. What steps, in your opinion, should be taken to provide EU lawmakers with a better level of knowledge about nicotine products? Well, I, th I think that's I think that's an interesting question. Um, who should take them um, is, is perhaps the hardest question to answer of all. Um, you know, I mean, consumer organisations, uh, vapors organisations, for example, have been very active in this area. Um, there is perhaps a limit to how, I wouldn't say to how seriously they will be taken, but to how much weight they will carry, um, simply because they are perceived to be single issue activist organisations. Um, the greatest weight, perhaps, you know, would come from broader based public health bodies. Um, but then again, you know, they clearly have um, have have their own concerns to follow and they are not, you know, solely um, laser focused on reduced risk tobacco products, um, which those of us in the area can sometimes forget are actually a fairly minor part of of the whole public health picture. Um, so who should do the communication? Yes, I think that's difficult. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's it's possibly um an an issue that there is not a a single well-established sector association that would speak for everybody the way yet there is in some much more long established um industries but of course this is a new area um and of course it's also an area which um you know heavily involves the tobacco companies um which brings in all sorts of issues with the um fctc etc in terms of what to communicate i think there is some interesting potential um, you know, we, we, we discuss harms and we discuss the fact that um, m most MEPs, though it's a fairly small majority, um, you know, do it certainly accept that reduced risk products are no more risky than um, conventional combustibles and a small majority accept they are less. Um, personally, I would say that looking at, if you like, the inherent physical harms to the individual user is not a very constructive way to to address this audience, um, because it's a complicated area. It's an area in which, you know, the science is, um, well, the science is very extensive. Um, it's sometimes contradictory. Um, you know, there is there is no single kind of uh, gold standard you can point to, as it were, and say, you know, uh, this product is clearly harmless, because that clearly opens up a whole range of questions about, you know, what do you mean by clearly? What do you mean by harmless, etc. cetera? Um, so while, you know, I've, I'm sure that, that message, in fact, may well be correct. I don't know that it's the easiest message to communicate. Um, I think what is possibly 
a good route to take is to look at nicotine itself. Um, I think there's a fairly clear message that can be put forward, you know, that would not find many people really disagreeing with it about nicotine in itself being a relatively benign substance. Um, now, you know, we know that's been a subject of confusion um, among policymakers in some countries and among consumers. Um, but I think it's a fairly it's a fairly um, well-defined question to address. Um, the other one is looking at smoking behaviour or nicotine consumption behaviour, if you like, and and um, this issue of you know the on-ramp versus the off-ramp. Again, I think that's a fairly a fairly focused thing um, where people can talk about the the role of new nicotine products in cessation and the the relative absence of evidence for a gateway effect into 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 combustibles. Um, yes, there is limited limited evidence of a very limited effect, but the numbers seem to be seem to be highly trivial. Um, I think also the other thing to look at here is, you know, who who do you target um, if you want to change policymakers' minds? And uh, this is perhaps an issue which um, you know is relevant to. To, to, to all countries at individual national level and even at regional levels, not just to Brussels. Um, but if, if you look at our survey of MEPs, for example, um, about 20% of those who had knowledge of the products still thought that they were as risky as conventional tobacco products. Um, now, I would suggest perhaps counterintuitively, those are not the people to target. They've made up their minds for whatever reasons, um, and it will probably be a difficult job to persuade them otherwise. Um, however, 40% of those who didn't have any knowledge um, of the products were really not sure whether they were risky or not. And I think I mentioned earlier, you know, there were a lot more don't knows in the survey this year um, than there have been before. Um, so I think the opportunity here for the for the reduced risk world, whether that's public health or industry or consumers, the opportunity is to go to those don't knows. Um, and while it may be disappointing to some people that you know that there's not more resounding positive support for these products, you know that that's a, a fairly a fairly narrow majority. Um, there are still a lot of people who have not made their minds up. It seems, um, and so you know people p p people in the area um, maybe hoping they can help to make those minds up. Thank you, Barnaby. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our GFN TV podcast. And don't forget to book your place at GFN23 to join in the discussion yourself. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.